Welcome to A Well Cared For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about healing, specifically what it is, what it isn't, and why, a lot of the times, it feels like you're not healing at all, despite your best efforts. There's some confusion about that, mostly because it proceeds at a snail's pace, so it's very easy to get discouraged and feel like nothing is happening. You're doing all of this work, you're putting in so much effort, and it feels like things have never changed, and they will never change. This idea came to me because this week I had a heartfelt conversation with a close friend and she confessed that she was having a really difficult time lately. She said something to the effect of, I thought I had come so far, I thought I was over this, and here I am again, still dealing with the same things, I'm making the same mistakes, I'm struggling, even though I feel like it should be easier. And she was really discouraged and it brought up my own thoughts about how messy healing is how chaotic of a process it can be. Because progress is never this beautiful upward slope of a line. (laughs) You know, if we saw it on a graph, it doesn't just go up, up, and up, showing this nice, beautiful trajectory of progress. It's a lot more up and down than that. And it's because it's so chaotic in that way that we often get confused and discouraged. We start to doubt ourselves and we start to doubt our progress. And we wonder if anything that we're doing is even helping. Are we even on the right track? what is going on is often what I'm asking myself. (laughs) Maybe that's the same for you as well. So being who I am, the person that I am, I thought I should talk about that because if my friend feels that way and if I feel that way, then there's a big chance that many other people are also feeling that way. But in this episode, I hope that we get a chance to look at a few of these questions that came up during the conversation that I had with my friend. How do we know if we're actually healing? What is healing? What are the things that we can do during that transitional period? Because healing is a transitional period. What can we do during that time to make things easier on ourselves? And how do we know when we're out of it, when we're out of that, quote, vulnerable zone or that danger zone? Or will we ever be out of it? And I want to begin by clarifying a little bit that there's some differences between a physical pain, physical wounds, emotional pain, emotional wounds, or mental pain and mental wounds. But a lot of the same ideas that we would look at or we would explore when talking about physical pain still also applies to mental or emotional pain. And there is some interconnectivity. There are plenty of studies that show that when you are suffering from anxiety or depression, you have physical pain in the body. And of course, when we have physical pain in the body, we experience anxiety and fear in our minds. That's very true of when I have issues with my back. So I've mentioned before that I have chronic back pain. And so sometimes my back bothers me more than other times. And for example, right now, it's been quite a few weeks. And since I've had a pain-free day, so I've been in one degree of pain or another for the last couple of weeks. And it's very easy during those times when the pain stretches on to feel like it's never going to end, that I'm going to have back pain forever for the rest of my life. 
And so that experience feeds my negative thoughts. It feeds that negative experience that I'm having on a mental or emotional level. So there's some interconnectivity between it. And so when I talk about healing, I'm not just talking about physical healing or mental healing or emotional healing. I'm talking about whatever kind of healing that you're dealing with. And for a lot of us, that might be multiple levels. You might be healing some things in your body and healing other things in your mind or other things in your emotional landscape. It could be varied. That's just going to depend on where you are and what you're dealing with at this time. And then one thing I will say about that before I get into answering some of those questions I just mentioned is that the more abstract or unseen the pain is, the more fear is likely to be involved. So emotional and mental healing, for example, will require a lot more fear management than physical pain. And this is just my opinion, just my opinion and my experience. I want to be very clear on that because pain is one of those things that's very personalized. And so we don't, we cannot ever speak about someone else's pain experience. And so anything that I say, if it sounds like I'm saying it like it's the gospel, it's not true. I'm just saying that from my perspective, these things feel true. And then if they resonate with you, absolutely take it, run with it. If it does not resonate with you, just throw it to the side. You don't need to treat it like anything other than just my opinion, just my opinion on that. But it's been my experience that fear management and pain go hand in hand. And that the more I'm able to manage my fear, the more manageable my pain is. The less managed my fear is, the more pain I have. And so what I mean by that is thinking again about the back pain situation. So if I'm experiencing chronic back pain, my back's really bothering me and it starts to build up these fears that I will never get better, that I will feel this pain forever and ever, then the fear makes the suffering associated with my back pain worse because it's amplifying the situation. It's making me feel like it's eternal and all-encompassing and will just be the worst thing of my life for and ever and ever and it's going to ruin everything I ever experienced. And that's true also for emotional pains and mental pains. The way that fear is connected to pain, it's very important to manage your fears when you're healing is the point I'm trying to make. Being able to manage your fear will make your healing easier because it will make it more manageable. It will keep it from getting blown out of proportion for overtaking you or making your experience more difficult than it needs to be. It obviously does not eradicate the pain completely. My back pain just doesn't magically go away just because I decide not to be afraid of it. (laughs) Wouldn't that be lovely? But it does become more manageable and more tolerable when I'm not also making myself crazy with all of these fearful thoughts. So just something to think about as we move into this larger discussion about healing is to check in with your fears around healing. Do you have any fears right now that might be unmanaged, that might be making your situation worse, that might be amplifying your difficult circumstances? And if you are, what can you do to manage those fears? Because that would be what I consider the first step is to try to manage your fear around the pains that you're experiencing during your healing process so that you can bring your pain back into a more stable condition that you can more easily manage. And how do we manage fear? Just like we manage any other difficult emotion. So that's going to be our meditations, our journaling, our working with other people like a therapist or someone that we can talk things through. Anything that we can do to manage those larger, more difficult feelings, that's what we'll have to do. Just know that that's part of the healing process, that it's very natural to feel fear when you're in pain. 
but it's just as important to manage your fear as it is to manage your pain. Another thing I want to address about this healing process, another thing that amplifies fears is this perception that there's been a lack of progress. So maybe we do invest in taking good care of our bodies. Maybe we do, quote, everything right. Maybe we work really hard to improve our situations and our circumstances, and yet we're still not sure that we're actually healing because it feels like no progress is being made. And hence, the fear is triggered. It becomes larger. It becomes more unmanageable. And so what would help us to diminish that fear is if we knew we were making progress, if we knew that we were healing. And I think the best way to achieve that is a reframing of the situation or rather a more accurate assessment of what healing looks like. So if you knew what healing really looked like, you'd be able to recognize the progress in healing even though it's such a messy process. And so there's some good and some bad news here. <laughs> Let's get the bad news out of the way. The bad news is that your grief and your heartbreak and your loss, whatever your wound is, be it emotional, physical, mental, it doesn't go away completely. And I think that is the core issue of why we feel like we're not healing even though we are. Because we're like, but it's still here. How can I be getting better if it's still here? But healing doesn't mean that you'll never grieve again. It doesn't mean that you'll never miss someone again, that you'll never miss the person you love, or that you'll never lose anything again. Healing just means that you grow from those experiences until you're stronger, more resilient, more confident in yourself and in your abilities. And then that's where the strength comes from. That's the hard-earned strength that you acquired through your hard work. Your strength means that you will suffer less from your loss, from your heartbreak, from your grief. So healing really means to get stronger. You are becoming stronger. It doesn't erase the hardships. It just makes them more manageable. So your capacity for enduring difficulties just gets bigger. It expands. Your heart and capacity for love gets bigger. Even in difficult circumstances, you're still able to feel love and compassion. Your mind becomes more peaceful. Even when it's caught in a Category 5 emotional hurricane, you grow your capacity to remain peaceful and still even when there's very stressful things going on around you. And that's the bad news in the sense that we don't have the ability to stop the storms from happening. We don't have the power to stop our loved ones from getting sick or from dying. We cannot stop our bodies from aging. These are human experiences. They're absolutely integrated into the fabric of being human. Healing doesn't mean eradicating difficult circumstances. It means that you're now strong enough to withstand it. You're now strong enough to withstand and process and heal. So to live in a healed world is a world that is yes and. And what I mean by that, let me give you an example. When my mother died, when my mother was murdered, I was absolutely heartbroken, absolutely crushed. And then my whole healing process, again, that's outlined in the Who Killed My Mother podcast, so you can get as much detail on that healing process as you want. <laughs> I start the episodes, the episode one of that podcast, in a completely dark and horrible place, and I end it in a very hopeful place. So there's the whole arc there. <laughs> you can see what the healing process looks like from beginning to end if you want an example. So you can listen to that, but just a short connection here is that when she died, I was in a very dark and difficult place. It was very hard for me to process the feelings that I was going through. I was not able to maintain my peace of mind. I was not able to feel safe or secure or hopeful. Any of those things that we consider with, quote, being healed, none of that felt present. And so healing what that looks like moving through that grief is that it's not that I've stopped missing my mother or it's not that I've stopped loving her or 
wishing that her life had been easier or wishing that things had been better for her or hoping that we could have had more time together. None of that goes away. All of that continues to exist here in the company of my heart with all my other little heartbreaks from life. But when I say that I'm healed now, what I'm saying is that, yes, all of that is there and I'm still able to feel joy and I'm still connected to my life and I still feel nothing but a loving connection to my mother. That pain and confusion that we used to have between us when we were not healed, me and my mother, is gone and in its place I have just the deep, sincere, loving connection. So that's what healing looks like. It just continues to expand so large that it encompasses your grief and the joy of your life, both of it together. That's what it means to be healed, is that you're able to find a place where you have increased your capacity to that point, that you're able to accommodate both. So I am sorry to say that there's no way to completely eradicate the suffering of the human experience. I mean, if we could, by God, I'm sure we would have figured it out. <laughs> Why not, right? But you can heal from the difficult experiences and circumstances that you go through. And by doing so, you will make yourself more able to navigate future difficulties. So when other things come up, for example, other difficult circumstances, none of it compares to losing my mother in the way that I did right? That experience forced me to heal and to get stronger and to grow my capacity. And so now other difficult things arise, but they don't breach that zone that I have now because my capacity has reached a certain level. It is, <laughs> it is, I mean, let's be honest, I'd like to not have to grow my capacity anymore. <laughs> I would like to be done with the growing of the capacity. But Right now, it's quite large, and that's just because I have been repeatedly exposed to many difficult circumstances in my life, and then I've had to heal them. And so my capacity is quite large, and that will be the same for you, is that whenever something hurts you, gives you either a physical, emotional, or a mental wound, you will get stronger by healing it. You will raise your capacity and your tolerance for that kind of difficulty, that kind of discomfort, by healing it. And so I'm sure your next question is, well, how do we do that? If healing is just another way of saying to increase our capacity, then how do we do that? How do we increase our capacity? How do we move through those difficult moments with as much grace as is humanly possible if we're going to be forced to encounter difficulties like old age or sickness or dying or losing a loved one? Then that's not even talking about bigger, horrible things like murder or watching someone you love die or so on and so forth. I don't want to make this too depressing. <laughs> you know whatever your wound is. Insert your trauma here. But essentially, if you know you're going to be encountering these things, because this is what it means to be human, to get old and to get sick and to die, or to lose people that we love, if that's what it is to be human, how do we increase our capacity to deal with that? How do we be healed? And so things that have helped me the most in my own healing process was an increase in awareness. I can't downplay how essential it was to increase my awareness. And the reason why I feel like I need to emphasize that is because people really do overlook how essential it is. They're just like, I don't understand what that even means. When I tell you to do things like meditate, you're like, oh, what is meditation? I don't want to do it. And of course, you know, I'm going to tell you, go back and listen to my episode on meditation because it's not just what you think it is. And there's also an episode on mindfulness. Listen to that one too, because mindfulness is very much about awareness. It's not just about meditation. If you could imagine that there's a circle and the circle is called mindfulness, meditation would just be a smaller circle inside that circle. Meditation is just one way to practice awareness, but there are many other ways to practice awareness. So mindfulness in general, that has really helped me with my emotional healing because 
Emotional healing often involves a greater understanding of what your emotions are, what your triggers are, what your patterns of behavior are. You can't heal something. You can't treat a wound that you can't see, that you're not aware of is there. And so if you can't treat a wound you can't even see, your first step is to learn how to see it. And so that's why awareness is so critical is because it teaches you to see your wounds regardless of whether or not those wounds are physical or mental or emotional. I mean, obviously physical, you probably get someone to point out to you if your arm's hanging off at a weird angle, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the mental and emotional wounds, you have to have some awareness in order to be able to see those, and you can't heal them unless you can see them. And so my tools, my recommended tools for you for increasing that awareness are mindfulness, and then meditation is a part of that. So please go look into that some more if you think that that will be a benefit for you. If you feel like you don't quite yet see all of the wounds, you just know you've got some stuff going on. And let me also tell you that even if you think you are very aware, I consider myself to be a very aware person, particularly self-aware. I don't know anyone who obsesses more about the condition of their mind <laughs> than I do. And yet I still discover things that I was not aware of, you know, a month ago or five months ago or a year ago. So it's a forever evolving process for sure. You need self-awareness in order to to heal. You also need complete and total acceptance of your situation in order to heal. Healing often requires that we accept completely and come to terms with the fact that these terrible things have happened. And I've talked about this before. Basically, there's a difference between the wound itself and the spin-off from the wound. And what I mean by that is there's the actual wound that's causing you pain. Let's say you have an abandonment issue, for example. That's an emotional wound. It causes a lot of pain. It causes a lot of discomfort in the mind. And then there's everything that you think about that wound. Like, oh my gosh, someone will always abandon me. And oh my gosh, it's never going to get any better. Or if you have depression, if you're struggling with depression, which I certainly have, there's the depression itself, which is horrible. And then there's also all of your thoughts about the depression. There's everything that you're telling yourself about having depression. Like, oh, only stupid, weak people have depression. What is wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with your life. Why can't you just get up and be happy? Why can't you just do those things? It's the way you beat yourself up. That's what I think of when I'm saying the spinoff. So there's depression itself, but then there's all this spinoff. Until you totally accept a situation, what's going to be happening is you're going to be creating all that spinoff. Because acceptance cuts the spinoff completely. It just forces the spinoff to dissolve. And you can't heal until the spinoff has been removed from the situation. Because you can't get at the wound. I guess you could think of it as if the depression was like a little ball. That's the actual wound. You can think of something nice and gross, like a pus-filled pustule <laughs> that you're trying to heal. The spinoff is working like a layer over that. So until you even get rid of that, you can't even get to the wound to treat it. You can't even get to the depression to address it. Because you've got this force field of spinoff standing between you and the actual wound. And so total acceptance is what helps you clear that spin off and get to the actual healing of the wound. So practicing total acceptance takes a lot of time. Unfortunately, there's no way to really rush it, but it's a lot of emotional processing. Doing whatever you can to let go of resentment, to let go of blame, to let go of the things that are keeping you stuck in your situation. Increasing your capacity to healing also can be done by improving your coping skills. So in the beginning, when you're really struck with something hard, it's possible that you're reaching for quick fixes rather than long-term strategies. And what I mean by that is, for example, when I first started healing my trauma, my go-to was bulimia. <laughs> 
which is not (laughs) an eating disorder, is not an effective coping strategy. But it was me trying to get a handle on those big difficult emotions that I was feeling at the time. Like I was walking on eggshells, that I could do nothing right, that I was completely out of control, that I had no control over my life. And so I was like, I'm going to get control of my life by eating this entire cake, but then throwing it up. You know, like it's not the best logic, but I can understand why I was doing that. And this is true for a lot of people if you're struggling with addiction or if you drink when you really should take a nap or you do these other things instead of the actual healing. We're replacing effective coping skills with the quick fixes. And the reason why we do that is because we're in so much pain, right? We just want the immediate relief. We're in so much pain. We just want relief. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It doesn't matter what it's going to do to us. Just please, for the love of God, give me some relief. That's the feeling, right? And so don't beat yourself up if that's what you do at first, if you grab a quick fix because you're in a lot of pain. That's a very human thing to do. But eventually, in order to move past that, to actually get to the healing, to increase that capacity that I'm talking about, we have to start developing these healthier coping strategies. We have to learn how to better manage our stress how to navigate those challenges, how to cope with difficult emotions in more constructive ways. And I have so many episodes and all these different things. So please just go pick and choose whatever resonates with you. Because again, everyone's healing from different stuff. So I don't know what's going to resonate with you. Just kind of take this overview (laughs) and run with it. But we have to start switching out these quick fixes with longer term strategies that will actually heal the problem. Because otherwise, the pain's not going to go away. It's going to be alleviated temporarily, your symptoms. But The thing causing your symptoms is not being addressed, and that's what we need to get to. Another thing that I have found to be really helpful when healing, when raising my capacity, my resilience, is setting really strong boundaries, not being afraid to ask for what I need in a difficult time. Healing often involves learning to set and maintain healthy boundaries for many reasons, maybe either because there's someone else who's specifically hurting us or because we're hurting ourselves. Please keep in mind, you can also set boundaries against your own negative thoughts. I'm doing a lot of personal work on that myself, actually, right now. I struggle with negative thinking, and so I have to set boundaries against those thoughts. So I have to treat them like an external entity (laughs) in order to better manage them. But if you find yourself establishing boundaries to protect your emotional well-being, asserting your needs, that is definitely progress. That's definitely you healing your wounds, doing what needs to be done in order to create that space that you need in order order to do the healing. There's nothing wrong with asking for the time and space and the resources that you need to do that healing. And so don't be afraid to do that. Also, again, prioritizing self-care, taking care of your emotional well-being, doing all this work, doing what needs to be done in order to heal those wounds, giving yourself permission if you need to give yourself permission, throwback of last week's episode, giving yourself permission to do the work that needs to be done. All of that is going to help you build that capacity to heal, to move forward. I've also found a lot of progress in working to nurture my joy and fulfillment. And so I was not really keen on this in the beginning. (laughs) I think just simply my capacity was too low. I just could not imagine how joy fit into healing at all. But emotional healing is not just about addressing pain. There's this hyper focus usually on addressing the pain, addressing either the symptoms and then some longer term actual healing or like fear management like I mentioned in the beginning. It took me a long time to realize that it's not just about addressing pain. It's also about nurturing these positive emotions joy, contentment, fulfillment, happiness, playfulness, things that will make you also feel more capable 
of doing this work? Why are you even doing this work? Like, what are you doing it for? Probably to be happy or probably to feel joy or maybe just to feel less dead inside. (laughs) if we're being honest. But whatever it is, start nurturing those feelings alongside the pain management and it will get easier to do it. You know, when you're in pain, think about if you've ever really stubbed your toe or something or you hit your head on something. I'm thinking specifically, I bumped my head on the side of a car door the other day. (laughs) But Kim started laughing at me and I immediately started laughing because she laughed and it made the pain less horrible. It still hurt, right? Because I just smashed my head on this door. But it made it less difficult to deal with because now I'm laughing. And it's kind of the same idea as that any kind of levity or joy that you can inject into the moment is going to make this process easier for you as well. And then last but not least, forgive. Forgiveness is definitely part of the healing journey. And it's not for other people. Forgiveness is for you. It's you giving yourself permission to not carry the burden of that situation or that wound anymore. So if you can find a way to forgive yourself or forgive others for what they've done for you, again, not for them, but for you, that can be a powerful sign that you are making progress. So anything that you need to do in order to help you forgive yourself or to forgive other people, I definitely encourage you to do that as well. And then again, I know it can be very discouraging since it's so hard to know if we're really healing, are we actually making progress because things are so chaotic. It could be good one day, but horrible the next day. We can have five bad days in a row and then a good day. And then we're like, is anything happening? And the only method I've ever found useful in getting a clear sense of whether or not I'm making progress is what I call a retrospective. And my favorite form of retrospective is journaling. Surprise. If I pull a journal off the shelf from three years ago, like let's say closer to when my mother died and I read some of the entries that I wrote back then, I would definitely have my proof that I am in a very different place emotionally and mentally now than I was then. That's all that a retrospective is. It's being able to look back and say, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't believe those things anymore. I don't want those things anymore. I'm not tempted by the same things. I don't act that way anymore. I don't hurt myself anymore. I don't need that crutch anymore. Whatever it is, if I can look back five or ten years and see the change, then that means that I'm moving in the right direction. So I also encourage you to give yourself a retrospective if you can. Look back as far as you need to just to see that, yes, actually you are making progress. In the day-to-day life, it looks chaotic and insane and you're absolutely not sure what's happening and if anything is moving forward. But if you look back far enough, you'll be able to get a better sense of this trending upward that will help reassure you that you are in fact on the right path, that your efforts are in fact paying off, that you are getting stronger, you are increasing your capacity and your resilience and you are absolutely going to heal whatever struggles you're going through. And just one more thing before I sign off for the day, I just want to emphasize also the necessity of patience. It feels very hypocritical for me to give you that advice because I am the least patient person I know. (laughs) And when I tell other people to be patient, I'm always like, yes, Corey, because you are so patient. (laughs) And so... It feels a little unfair for me to tell you, but it's true. Just because I struggle with it doesn't make it any less true. The fact is is that healing is slow. We are not the ones who get to dictate how fast our healing moves. And I have been forced to accept that again and again and again every time I need to heal something. But even though the healing process is slow, it's slow because it's thorough. To be healed means through and through. You fully process something through and through from one end to the other. And that's why it takes time. 
because it means that you've thoroughly processed whatever it is that you've gone through. So please be patient with yourself. Please be loving with yourself. And above all, please be loyal to yourself and your journey. And I promise you will heal. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful, and if you would like to write into the show today and ask for my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you through any of my social media or through email at cory at coryamstrom.com. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human, and until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Cory Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.